lift our hearts with our hands, shall we, and pray together. Father God, what a beautiful day, a glorious day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to feel after your touch and your presence and the glory of God. Oh, Lord, I give you the glory today, and I thank you, I bless you, I worship you. I need your mighty touch, Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. If you have a Bible this morning, we'll take a look at God's Word. I would first like to turn your attention to Psalm 138. Psalm 138. Toward the end of the book of Psalms. All right. <clears throat> Psalm 138. In verse 3, in the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Now I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Actually, I'd like to read, I think I'll just begin with verse 1. <clears throat> All right. Revelation 3 and 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I want to work for a little while this morning on a very simple topic, and that is, God is my strength who strengtheneth me. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The Bible teaches very plainly that God is strong. Strong is the Lord God. And uh, I'm glad we don't serve a weak God, but I'm also glad that he knows how to manifest his strength in ways of wisdom. And uh, he's not on a power trip. He is not trying to, does have no need to impress the flesh of man, or mankind. And yet I'm sure that when God is ready to deal with things, 
in the overall, it will be impressive. It will impress many a person who has, uh, shall we say, ignored and mocked and turned their back and many other such like things. When God does what God does in the way God does it, it has a way of getting people's attention. For an example, there was an individual that was lame from his mother's womb, and uh, he was brought every day to a certain place by the church house, uh, temple, they called it under the law in those days. And um, <clears throat> in, in that time, as he was laying there, he would beg for money, beg for alms, as the scripture called it, offerings. And um, when the church came upon this individual, what I mean by that, representatives of the body of Christ, and they, it was Peter and John, and as Peter felt particularly led to pray for this man and give him something that he needed a whole lot more than a few coins, then the Bible teaches that the Lord healed this man. Now, he'd never walked from the time he was born. Everybody knew that. He was a known figure and a, a fixture, if you please there on the steps of the temple every day. And uh, so the Bible teaches now that he feels the power of God. He responds to the power of God, which is what we want to learn how to do so that, number one, we can get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that you don't want to be a, a, a stone, uh, so to speak, or uh, just a stick of wood, some inanimate object you want to remember that you want to, you're seeking the living God. And so you want to remember there's, around you there's going to be an aura of life. And you want to respond to that. Kind of like flowing water and blowing wind. You know, the Bible said you must be born again. And it told you that you were to be born again off water and of the Spirit. And it was from there that Jesus made it clear he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's a whole different category and subject. He said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. And that's what we want to hone in on. And because we're serving God, we want to attempt to serve and believe in God who is a spirit. And uh, he's, so he's, he's a living God. He's a spirit. He's a living spirit. And, and as Jesus went on to teach in the days of his flesh, on his earthly ministry, then he made it clear. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whither it cometh nor whither it goeth. He said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So likened to wind, and I would like to say that it would be good to be like a leaf in the wind, us being the leaf that we would offer no, little to no resistance to God's Spirit as the wind blows where it finds the least amount of resistance and that we could get, shall I say, caught up in the presence and the strength and the power of God. And that's how it was this day that this man didn't argue. This man did not put up a fuss. He didn't pull out a chart and want to go into his medical history. He just simply responded to what Peter had said to him. He responded in faith. 
And when you use the faith that God has given to you, and he has given to every one of us the measure of faith, so you have that in your life, it's something eternal that God has set in you. And you want to use that for what it was intended to be used for, for you to put your faith in God, for you to believe in God. There's so many other things in life that people want to invest in. They invest their life, their energy, and their strength until they don't have any of that left. And then they're old and they're depleted. And they'll, they wonder where it all went. And then they wind up in the, in the casket. This does not have to be. You can take your God-given faith and put it where it's intended to be. And you'll reap the best and the highest amount of interest from it. You will get an experience in your life that will continually grow exponentially. It'll just grow and leaps and bounds and you'll, you'll know the greatness of God's strength and glory in your life. And that's what happened that day when this individual simply believed. And how many times did Jesus say, only believe? People were challenged with that under all kinds of, shall we say, unbelievable circumstances that the natural man just wouldn't believe it could be. But somehow they got above that natural man, and they got past the un in unbelievable and they started to have faith. They started to believe. They started to put their confidence in the living God. And at that split second that this individual did that, it wasn't a long, drawn-out process. It was a response. It was like you sticking your finger with a piece of metal maybe in, in the socket over there, and you'd get a, a pretty quick uh, response would happen there because that's a live circuit, and there's electricity there. And, and, and you want to understand that, that our God, I'm trying to say, he's, he comes to church. He's the living God. He said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, I'm there in the midst of you. And you want to believe that. And at what instant, the Bible used that terminology and phrase, at what instant that you would believe God. In that very instant, something good it can take place in your life depending on what your need is. This man's need evidently was that he, he could walk again he, or walk, period. He never had walked. He was born lame from his mother's womb. And yet here he is. Uh, the power of God touches him. And he leaps to his feet, the Bible teaches. And he began to run through the church house, the temple, and, and just praising God. And this, the Bible said, was called a notable miracle that none could deny. Oh, yeah, God can, he can get people's attention. He can get people's attention. He can get people's attention. But I'm going to tell you again, God does a thing that doesn't mean everybody's going to believe it, and it doesn't mean everybody's going to be excited and happy about it. But you know what? best thing to do is not focus on them, not to pay them any mind. It's been said, work with those who will work with you. And so when you this, there were a lot of people uh, there at the temple that day and some were affected one way, and some were affected another way. Some were affected positively, and, and, and there was faith. And others re responded very negatively, and they had a lot of criticisms, okay? But you come down to the man for an example. That Again, another biblical example, and that's what we always want to take, right? And here's this individual, and he's born blind. I'm so glad when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're not born blind. Okay, you you born seeing, you're seeing this truth, you're seeing this message, you're seeing this great insight that God gives to you when he gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes to lead and guide you into all truth, bring all things to your remembrance. 
He does a lot of wonderful things. And this individual, though, naturally speaking, was born blind. And uh, so Jesus uh, did an unorthodox thing, and that is that he, he made some clay of spittle, and, and he, uh, you know, I'm glad that there's something better to do with spitting on your hands and taking a little dust, you know. Something better to do with that than some of the things people are always doing. And he put it on the man's eyes, and uh, in so doing, he told the man to go and to wash in, the, in a pool, a particular pond-type thing uh, there in town. And, and uh, where uh, one place said it also that people were around there that were lame and impotent and had no power, and, and they were in a mess, and uh, they had problems. And here comes this blind man, and now he washes and he sees. And, uh, but there were those that took issue with it. There were those that didn't respond favorably to that. Now, personally, I would, I would think, I would think that everybody would be jumping up and down thrilled about that, just like I thought they would be when I got the Holy Ghost. But they weren't. <laughs> everybody wasn't happy when I said I, I got this gift of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, I was glad for those that did like they did in the Old Testament when the manna rained down from heaven. They, they called it manna, and it was like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Okay? And so it was like, what is the Holy Ghost? And then you begin to tell them what the Bible teaches and what you are learning even of what you got. And uh, Romans to Revelation is, is really written uh, as letters uh, of instruction to new congregations, to new converts uh, in new areas to tell, explain to them further and deeper what it is you've experienced, what it is has been brought to you. In the early days, when my pastor was uh, beginning uh, in 1931, and they were winning people hand over fist, and the, and the woods was just full of people, and it was much more of a farming community and country even that we lived in, or that people lived in in, in the United States at that time. And, uh, you know, when the sun went down, Everything pretty much shut down because <laughs> there just wasn't a lot of technological advancements. And maybe that was more to their advantage and more to uh, people being uh, more focused when God did move. Because nowadays, I'm telling you that God can move, and it seems like, and he does move, and people, a lot of people are so distracted with so many other gadgetries and things going on, so many other inventions going on, that uh, what should have the kind of impact on them does not because they, they don't allow their faith to rise up and, and grab hold of and recognize what God is doing or what he has just done. We even sing that song, look what the Lord has done, and, it, and look what he's doing. <laughs> you know, it's happening, it's progressive, it's going on, and you want to be sensitive to that. You want to uh, be awake to that. You don't want to let your senses get dull. And, and to where you're, you, you don't have a seeing eye, the Bible talked about, or you don't have a hearing ear that the Bible talked about, or a mind that does not comprehend what's going on. You want to see and hear and, and, and comprehend, understand what all is going on. And the more that you learn this book, the more that you get in delve into the things of God, the more that you see what's going on around you. You begin to realize on a, on a bigger scale and uh, this individual was not so uh, well received by people, uh, particularly religious people, the Bible teaches. And they had a lot of criticisms. And they, they said, they, somehow they, they 
could take something like that and twist it and call it wrong. And here's this individual, and they kept coming from every other way trying to ask him, how is it that this has taken place? And he would come back to the same thing until finally he got disgusted with everybody. And he said, I, I've told you already. Problem is, you're not believing what I'm telling you. Somehow or another, you're, you're not taking it to heart. And I tell you that we want to realize that in this unbelieving world that we're living in, a world that the Bible even teaches in Revelation, that people will be impenitent or they will not repent. And even though certain things would take place that were designed to get their attention, to help them, to aid and assist them in repenting, that they would not do it. That there is a hardening of heart. Just as much as in the natural, there's a hardening of arteries. Well, there's a hardening of heart. And, and people's spiritual hearts, their minds can get so hard against something that they at one time loved. I've seen people that, that worshiped God and praised God and lived for God. And, and then Revelation is telling them you better strengthen those things because there are spirits that want to weaken those things in your life. And you want to know something here with me this morning that your God is strong and your God can help you in the generation in which you live. I like what the psalmist said. He said, in the day when I cried, well, you know what? Has that day arrived in your life? Are you calling unto God? Are you crying unto him? Are you making your case before him? Are you trying to get his attention? Sometimes it's always about God get their attention. Well, maybe you ought to get God's attention. And he didn't stop there. He said, when I cried, thou answeredest me. I like that. Well, you know, if you do your part, don't worry. God's going to do his. Amen. Don't, don't, there's, I don't, I don't, we don't want to be the, I've heard it said, the strong, silent type. Well, we want to be strong, but let's not be silent. Some people say silence is golden. Sometimes silence is just plain yeller. Hmm? You need to open your, your heart, open your voice, and, and proclaim like the angel did. Proclaim your God. Proclaim your experience. Live your life before people that, that they have a good understanding that you live for God. That you, you've got some lines drawn in your life. You've got some boundaries. You've got a real experience. And that everywhere you go, you want to let your light shine. And I'm telling you, the enemy, he doesn't want to just put a lampshade over your life. Because that would still let some light come out. He wants to get you to where you'll put it under a bushel basket. And then shove it under the bed. That's what he wants to do with your light. But you've got to be strong enough to determine. You've got to ask God who is strong to give you strength. That you can find determination. Paul said, I'm determined not to know anything among you. Save Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's it. I'm, I'm not going to let myself get diversified into so many different things. Not going to do that. I'm going to keep when thine eye is single, the Bible said. I'm going to have a singleness in another place set of heart. That, that I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be fixed on the things of Almighty God. And everybody said amen. amen. Well, everybody said praise the Lord.
I want to read to you from the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? And uh, this is just a little bit past Psalms, and it's just before Isaiah. And uh, in chapter 7 of the book of Ecclesiastes, the, the wise man Solomon said, Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. You want to get strength and get some wisdom. And God giveth liberally to them that ask. Lift up your voice. Pray. Call on God. Talk to him. And ask him. Because the wisdom that he can give is more than ten mighty men. And that's just a simple way of explaining it to us. Something we can relate to. He's telling you God's wisdom is greater. God's wisdom is stronger. God's wisdom is mightier. God's wisdom is above. The Bible talked about that wisdom that comes from above. And, and the, the good things that it brings. It brings, it's peaceable. It brings a peace into your life and into your home. Yes. Let's move on. I also would like to give you a scripture from the book of Amos. Amos chapter 5. And verse 9, that strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong, so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. In other words, God is saying here in his word, he's saying, I can take people that are, what did it say? God hath not chosen the high and mighty of this world. He's chosen the poor. And the Bible say that uh, we're, not, we're rich in faith. The poor of this world that are rich in faith. God hathn't chosen the 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 uh, high and the mighty and the and the ones that are all that, but that God has chosen people that are weak and base and lowly and humble, you know, spoiled. The enemy is taking advantage of them through different things, and he said, and God said, I can I can strengthen the spoiled. I can put strength in the weak. I can I can put strength in those that are down and out and struggling and having difficulties. I can do that. And you know what's amazing to me, and I'm sure it is to, to many preachers, is that God takes us as little Mr. and Mrs. Nobody. He takes us from the down and the out situation. He takes us from the, the weak and the beggarly place, the struggling place. He takes us and he invests in us. He does something for us that, and nobody else paid us any mind. You know, or nothing else worked in our lives. And he, he does this marvelous work in our lives. You know, I mean, who, you, who were you but a couple little old spindly girls running around in Jamaica at St. Anne's, was it? Is that the one? Got that right? St. Mary's? I get Anne and Mary mixed up all the time. But I got Belgrade real good. St. Belgrade. I got that one straight. That's where Gamilia is. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You don't forget to tell them that when you go back yonder. Amen. That's a St. That's a Belgrade girl. But God takes us. God takes us. And he picks us up. And he cleans us up. Just like the guy that came out of the catacombs, the caves, all the place of dead ends. You know? Brought us out of there. 
And God said, I'm, I'm going to make you my son and my daughter. How are you going to do it? Through the born again experience. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm going to give you a new mind. I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to give you the hope of life eternal. Life beyond this life. And that's the life that counts. Because there's no end in that one. So you, you want to get in the right place on that one. There's not going to be any end. The other place, and I've told you many times, I've never met anybody that had a vision or a dream of hell. But what they, they just wanted God to shut it off. It was just too terrible, too horrible. One man almost had a nervous breakdown over it. Oh, yeah. But we don't have to go to that place that's prepared for the devil and his angels. God's investing in you. God's taking you. How did he say in one place in his earthly ministry about how shall you escape the damnation of hell? How are you going to do that? Money? Money's not going to do it. Real estate's not going to do it. Not by power nor by might. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I mean, if you could bend down and grab a barbell and stay, straighten back up and that barbell uh, weighs 500 pounds, you know. So what? So what? If you could climb the highest mountain. If you could swim the sea from one shore to the other. You know, so what? You could make more money than most people. So what? You're still going to come to the end of your life. All the sands in the hourglass are going to run through. And then it's going to be time, somewhere along the line, There'll be that, for most people, unfortunately, that second resurrection. But you're called to be in the first resurrection. Now, that's when you want to use that term, me first. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Me first resurrection material. I'm not interested in the second resurrection, okay? I, I went for... um. In 1980, which seems like a lifetime ago, I went to uh, training <clears throat> for the academy, and uh, it was required. And I went, and um, on a, you know, you spent the night, you were there for the week. And uh, so I, the bus driver had told us, he said, um, he said, in the mornings when I come, he said, uh, he said, you be sure to get on this bus on time. He said, because I'm gonna tell you what, he said, my foot's gonna be on the clutch, and I'm getting out of here. So uh, I remember I came out one morning, I was just a tad late, and I'm coming out doing my tie, and I'm, around, I'm yelling at the guy, brother, brother, keep your foot on the clutch, I'm coming. I knew if he kept the clutch in, that, that buggy wasn't going nowhere. <laughs> so we had a big laugh over that one, and I, I made the bus. <laughs> I made the bus. Well, you know what? It's not going to work that way in the first resurrection. It's going to take place in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the scripture said, and we'll be caught up together if we happen to be among that group that's alive and remaining when he returns. But there will be a group. There will be the church living, alive, on the earth, operating, working, 
going through all kinds of difficulties, but strengthened by the Lord to get through it. Your Bible teaches that the Lord, when he gets in, gives us this experience, and he gives us all power over the power, and he gives us strength to, to defeat things that we couldn't defeat before. Before, you know, I had an individual come to me this morning, gave me the name of their daughter, and we're going to pray for her, and we're going to give her a handkerchief that unfortunately she's getting involved with this newest synthetic drug. And uh, I don't know, I think they call it flaca. I thought that meant skinny, but I don't know. Whatever it's called, it's bad stuff. And I'm pretty sure it'll make you skinny <laughs> in many ways, and it will destroy you. I've already seen a picture of one person that got involved with it. And uh, how horrible and how terrible that people are so devoid, so empty. Do you ever read in Revelation? No, Genesis rather, Genesis, where it said the earth was without form and void. It was empty. It was just, people are so void, they are so empty. One place in Scripture said they're void of truth. So empty, so empty. And the Lord is wanting to fill them with the Holy Ghost. He's wanting to fill up your life that you won't need to go try to fill up with drugs or alcohol or any other thing, any other thing. I spent first 20 years of my life trying to fill up with all kinds of things, you know, and nothing worked, nothing satisfied, you know, until when I came to the church, my wife at the thought it was just another fad. Now, here we go again, we'll try something else, you know. Only this wasn't a fad. This was for real. This changed the life for the good. This put strength in you and filled you with God's holy presence to where you become a temple of the living God. And, every, and, and you learn day in and day out. You grow into this. Okay? And so here God takes us with the, and he wants to establish us. That's a Bible word. He wants to strengthen us. That's a Bible word. He wants to put our, our feet on the rock. That's a Bible teaching. And, and help us so that we can take root downward and grow upward and produce much fruit unto eternal life. We're ordained to do that, the Scripture said. Okay? And so I'm saying, how many, I've said it here many, many times, I hope God blesses every one of you with a limo. Just don't get in it and drive off. God do a limo life, friend. I mean, God takes you and he cleans you up and he, he just gets all the garbage out. And here you are, and God's wanting to show you. He that heareth my sayings and doeth them, I'll show you to whom he's like. Man, God wants to show you all. You don't have to be a show-off. God wants to show you all. God wants to say, this is my son. This is my daughter. These are my people. God wants to do a lot of times, a lot of times, time to time, we'll go take the kids to a restaurant like she's, and I'll the management, and I'll, I'll say, my my kid, you make sure you take God wants to to a lost world. Them don't. It's a difference. These people aren't sinning. These people aren't cussing, lying. These people aren't filled with all cuss anymore. The guy that came out of the dead-end lifestyle. He wasn't getting nowhere. He was just getting beat up constantly by spirits in his life. And 
Now he sees Jesus afar off and he, he runs. And boy, wasn't that the grace of God. Falls on his face. Jesus said, what is your name? He said, Legion. We're many. We're many. We're many. That's thousands of devils was inhabiting this one guy. What a mess. Next thing you know, the devil's begging. I like that. Because he knew what was coming. You're getting put out. You're going to get evicted. It's, you're going to go bye-bye. You're not going to rule and control in this poor, wretched soul's life anymore. And I promise you, he wasn't much to look at. Matter of fact, when people looked at him, they ran away. They near that. Chains that they put on him were broken and they were hanging. Nobody could do anything with him. Nobody. Nobody could do anything. No 12-step program. No religious persuasions would work. Nothing natural works in the spiritual realm. Nothing natural at all. And uh, when they... Jesus casted the devils out of this man. Now he couldn't be controlled. Now he can be. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And everybody knew. Everybody knew. Another notable miracle. Really, I think all miracles are notable myself. Kind of like they talk about the Bible in the Old Testament. They talk about the major and the minor prophets. I don't believe that. I believe they're all major. I don't think there's anything minor about any part of the Bible. miracle that took place in this man's life no different than the miracle that took place in your life when you got the Holy Ghost you just need to learn to appreciate what God did and what you have and don't play fast and loose with it don't get silly with it don't get slipshod with it you better realize and that's where the writer in Revelation said in other words you better get a grip on it he said strengthen those things Strengthen them. You want to feed the fire. Feed that Holy Ghost fire. The things that God has ordained and set up and the way he does things are designed to keep your Holy Ghost operating at peak. And it's something we all have to give attention to and attendance to. And that's why you've got Romans to Revelation. To continually help the church to get stronger, not weaker, to get stronger. Once again, I'd like to read this to you. That strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong. That God, in other words, is saying there was something stronger, just like that legions of devils. There was something stronger in that man's life. His human spirit couldn't contend with it. But God's strength can give the strength that you will then be on top. You then will have the strength to victory. That that which was formerly spoiled now can defeat that which was stronger than it, is what he's saying. So that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. Oh yeah, the tables are going to be turned. You know, God's going to change the balance because he comes in his spirit comes in and he takes us 
and he cleans us up, just like now we're, now we're not uncontrollable, and we're not running crazy without any direction. Now we're sitting at the feet of Jesus, and that's where we want to be. We want to be in church. We want to be involved in everything the church is doing. But you know what happens, and I've seen it. People get to, get to feeling all that. Man, look at me, and they're looking in the mirror, and they're looking how they looking. They're really admiring what God has wrought or worked in their life. And then they, they're looking in the rearview mirror, and they're saying, man, I, I could be doing this, and I could have done this, and I always wanted to do this, that, and the other. I missed opportunities, and I, I missed chances. And they forget. They forget what kind of shape they're in that time that they're thinking back to. Look at all the years I missed. You know? And they're reflecting on the yesteryears from today's position of strength. You know, they've said that if you could have gone back in time, and that's always something man is fascinated with, if you could go back in time with the knowledge you have now and go back to 1939 or 29, period of 29 to 39, and know what you know now that you, you could become very wealthy because that's when everything went into depression. The economy tanked and people, you know, but you could know because you lived here at future, if you had this, this knowledge of the future now and take that back then, Ooh, the things you could do, okay? And that, that's kind of the deception that get because that's not going to happen, and you know that's not going to happen, and if you sit around and dwell about it, you're just deceiving yourself. And so it is that though the devil will deceive people to think, now that I have all that I have, if I could go back, wow. Yeah, see, that's a deception. It doesn't work like that. God saved you for now. God built you for now. God wants to show you in this generation. That's what it was said of David. He served his generation by the will of God. The time in which, and he was a man after God's own heart. Here we are. Let's think like God thinks. Let's take this limo of a life. Let's be victorious with it. God flipped the table. God said, I took you when you were nothing. You know, I told one man that one time he, he was a traitor. And I said, the spirit that got a hold of him. And I said, tell me something. I started naming names. You know, and I said, where were they? And I named a year. And he went, nowhere. <laughs> exactly. They were nowhere. They were no part. They didn't even exist in your mind. They didn't do anything. They didn't contribute in any way, shape, or form. Don't let the devil come spoil your life and your family. Everything futuristic that God has planned. You know? Don't let him put a bunch of dents in your, in your limo. Don't let him do that. Everybody said, praise the Lord. God said, I'm giving you strength so that you can 
come against the fortress. You can, you can really put a hurting on the enemy because I've given you the strength. I've given you the power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. You know, there's power in prayer. Jesus told the disciples that. I'll read to you from the book of Luke. Luke 22. Take from the example that the Lord gave us. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. 22 of Luke, which has 24 chapters, so you're right at the end. And I would like for you to pay attention with me this morning to verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony. I'm not saying it's ever not going to be tough. There's going to be strenuous moments. And his, he prayed, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. He can give you strength in your time of difficulty in your moment of sorrow when you're psychologically being attacked he can give you strength he can give you strength and he's telling them rise and pray rise and pray use the weapons of your warfare which are mighty through God that will pull down the strongholds oh yeah God help us all God strengthen us all in this time in which we live. We not only have ourselves to fight for, but we have our children to fight for. And you know, you have, you have if you want to fight for your family, your extended family, then rise and pray. Don't sit down and compromise. Rise and pray. Be the leader you're called to be. Be the man or the woman of God that you're called to be. Let your light so shine and let God show to everybody that's in such dire need because their lives are void. Their lives are empty. That's why they got to run to everything just like you used to. That's why they've got to reach for everything just like you used to because they're empty. They're empty. And you have this beautiful, wonderful, glorious experience. You need to know what you have. You need to appreciate what you have. You need to value what you have and who you are. The Bible said you are a peculiar. Peculiar. It doesn't mean you're weird and you're odd. It means you're a rarefied or a rare treasure. A rare treasure. I read about a man that he said that he was always drawn to the rare treasures of life. 
things that are kind of like one of a kind. You know, well, you could you could heap to yourselves the rarest of everything in life, and it's not going to do you any good in that day and at that moment. But if you if you get what the Bible said spiritually, this treasure, this treasure in an earthen vessel, that's you, then you become that peculiar. You become that rare treasure. The more that you give yourself to God, the more that you let Him make you what He wants you to be, and the more that He shows you to a lost and dying world, letting that light shine. Well, that's the way you can help everybody, whether family or not. Everybody can be helped by that. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. When your times are difficult, and when you feel pressed out of measure, and that's a Bible phrase, pressed out of measure, that... uh, Philippians 4.13 tells you that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Just as Jesus in the days of his flesh in praying and being in agony and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood pressed out of measure yet the angel came and strengthened him. Strength from another world. Strength from another world. My pastor laid hands on Jean Sitfeld early days and he discerned her spirit. He said she was made from metal from another world. Well, I believe that. I sure do. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said amen. Amen. In Acts 18 and 23, I'd like to turn your attention there. This is the, now, this is, the book of Acts is a history of the birth of the only church Jesus ever started. And he started that church for everybody everywhere. And that church in action, the Holy Ghost working through the church. Going into all the world and bringing this gospel. Paul told them in writing to the church in Galatia, giving them a letter, an epistle, a message. He said, I marvel that you so soon removed from the gospel unto another. And then he said, which is not another. Because he said, there is no other. There is no other. He called them foolish. 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 Let's not be foolish. You know, the Bible said that the thought, the very thought of sin is foolishness. And I think if you turn that around, you'll see that foolishness is the thought of sin. Let's not be foolish. 
Let's not throw our Holy Ghost life away for anything. Trouble is, the devil tells us, you're not throwing it away. You're just fine. You're all right. But Revelation said, hey, hey, hey. He said, strengthen those things. Strengthen them. Because they're ready to die. Strengthen those things. Yeah. Strengthen them. Acts 18. And after he had spent some time there, this is the church now, going out, and here's the apostle, and he's in a certain area. And after he had spent some time there in that area, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Strengthening. The Word of God will strengthen. The Word of God will strengthen. Everybody said amen. It's not designed to hurt you. It's not designed to upset you and make you mad. A lot of that is dependent upon your attitude. Because that which people at one time embraced, like Simeon of old, and said, this is, mine eyes are seeing the salvation of God. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm like, you know, something changed. Well, the word hasn't changed. The church hasn't changed. Maybe it's you that's changed. And Revelation is telling you it's a change towards weakness. And he's saying, strengthen. You have a name that you live, and yet you're showing signs of dying. God help all of us. Everybody said amen. There are forces to be combated in this world in which we live. I'm turning to Ephesians 3.16, the book of Ephesians. Once again, writing to the body of Christ, those that were at Ephesus. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened, with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And everybody said, Amen. And look what he said. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding. Please notice that. A lot of people misquote that word. Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power, the strength, the power that worketh in us. Everybody said hallelujah. You may come in. All right. I'm moving on to the next book, and that's Colossians. There, flip a page there if you're following. Colossians 1 and 11.
begin with verse 10, that he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Everybody said hallelujah. Amen. That's right smack dab in your Bible church family. 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. Just a few pages over. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. One of these days I'll learn the difference between 1st and 2nd Timothy. <laughs> I do that from time to time. Notwithstanding, maybe you should back up verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Now I guess everybody about that time must have thought that the Apostle Paul was really bad. He really did it wrong. There must be something wrong with that Apostle Paul. You reckon that's what they thought? Because he said, in my first answer, or my first call, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. He said, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me, he said, the preaching might be fully known. Yes, the Lord stands with, the Lord Give strength. People many times have so many ulterior motives, so many different agendas, so many things that they're seeking after. I think Brother Lewis brought out Wednesday night about the ten lepers and how that the Lord gave them instructions according to his word they were to go and do it a certain way. And in route, they begin to realize that they were healed, they were cleansed. One man makes an about face, always good to repent, made a good about face and headed back to the Lord and begin to worship and praise him. And the Lord said, hey, weren't there ten of you? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Well, they had other pursuits. They had other ambitions. They were looking in that rearview mirror. Now that I'm clean, look what all the years I've been to what I could be doing. Lord didn't cleanse you for you to go start doing all that stuff, you know. Tell our young people, you don't come out of this beautiful academy and clean and solid and taught right, trained right, good discipline, and hopefully good focus just to go down the street to lose it all. They did a study across the nation, and they said 85% of the young people that went off to colleges backslid. 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 How terrible. He said, I want to show people. My children, I want to show you. I want them to see. Show them how beautiful you are how handsome you are. 
Not by the standards of the world, but by God's standard, which is better, way better. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. Once again, uh, not too many pages over. We work our way, shall we say, to the back of the book. First Peter, chapter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. There's... There's some purpose here in what's being done in your life. There's some purpose here. I want you to see the purpose. I want you to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a, a mind that can comprehend and can understand. Understand what all God is doing in your life. Which, of course, brings me back Part of where we started, Revelation 3 and 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Let's work on what we've got in our lives. You start by repenting, believing, of course. If you don't believe, you're not going to repent. If you don't believe, you're not going to get baptized in Jesus' name. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not, well, he wasn't going to be redundant. He just said, he that believeth not shall be damned. So if you don't get baptized in Jesus' name, you will be damned, and you will do it to yourself. Because figuratively speaking, he said all day long, arms outstretched, calling, Wanting people to come, that his house might be full, that people would come to the knowledge of the truth. What's going to bring revival worldwide or in our area is going to be you. If you'll let God strengthen you, if you will cry unto the Lord and ask him to strengthen you, strengthen you in this day and hour and time in which we live. I told you last week, no excuses, right? People have overcome all kinds of infirmities. All kinds of infirmities. No excuses. Our difficult moments are designed to teach us obedience and to make us stronger. And they will. They will. Don't drive off in this limo of a life God has given you. Let God put you on the straight and narrow and keep you on that straight and narrow. I had somebody the other day, a young preacher, and I told him, I said, what do you think those lines are for on the road and stop signs and other types of traffic signals? I said, it's there so that we don't have chaos and confusion out there on the highway. 
of life. And I said, there's a reason why, as a preacher, you don't do certain things. You don't cross certain lines. Some things become unethical, unprofessional, ungodly, wrong on every level, just incorrect. We don't want people, and that's what will happen. People will get hurt. We don't want people to get hurt. We want people. We're in the business of saving people. We're in the business of healing people. We're in the business of imparting the life of Christ to people. Shall we stand together? God love your heart. Strong is the Lord God. I want you to remember this. He can be mighty strong in judgment too. He can be mighty strong in judgment. Good to humble down. Good to realize that God can put His strength in us that we can do His work and His will and be about His business. That we can have, He can strengthen our spiritual eyes that we can have clarity about what we're supposed to be about what we're supposed to be doing. Strengthen. Strengthen us, Lord, because you're strong. Take a moment. Lift your heart with your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise, Holy God. I worship you, Holy Lord. I bless your great and mighty name. I need your help every day. I need your strength every day. I need your unction every day. Oh, Lord God, I need you and I praise you. Blessed be thy name, O Holy Christ. Blessed be thy name, O Holy God. I want to yield to you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I want to submit to you. Put your strength in us, God. Put your strength in us, O Holy God. Let's sing and worship the Lord together, shall we? Come on. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord.